Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get to our guest who joins us here in New York, Nicole Webb, Senior VP and Financial Advisor at Wealth Enhancement Group. Thanks for joining us. A pleasure to see you in person after what we've been through over feels like the last two and a half plus going on three years, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's absolutely fun to be here with you. And is that what we're seeing in the market, kind of a resumption of normalcy? We're seeing a lot of the air come out of those high-flying tech stocks that everyone was pounding the table at during the pandemic? Yes, I absolutely think that right now a lot of these trades are all about the American psyche. It's no surprise to me that we're seeing resilience, McDonald's, Chipotle. Why? People are driving their kids to school again. Kids are doing sports. Boeing, there's a demand for more airplanes. This isn't shocking. Visa, people want to spend, and the consumer still looks pretty strong. The economy as a whole hasn't weakened yet. And right now, as we're seeing some of these cyclical trades where megatech is pulling back, but there's these underlying blue chip companies that are doing so well, that bodes well for the Fed and what the Fed may do next. We want strength and resilience that's broad, but we also need a pullback here that that makes people a little less wealthy. And that cap weighting of mega technology may do that without mm. systemically breaking. That's an interesting point. Rish? N- Nicole, I mean, that, that's uh, interesting. But having said that, the as you just alluded to as well, the Fed needs the economy to weaken. It needs those uh, that spending to be less strong if they are going to rein in price hikes. Absolutely. But this is where I think we should focus a little bit more on the cap weighting of mega technology and the wealth destruction in the pullback in those in those companies. And when we talk about, even though it's been thrown to the wayside, this notion of a soft landing, it wasn't destruction of everything. That the soft landing was this idea that perhaps we can create a pullback, which we saw initially simply in the duration sensitivity of these technology companies. Um, but there's still going to be pockets of strength. I, I don't think we want the the American consumer. I don't think we want massive layoffs or this deep profits recession. Um, so I do think a lot of what's happening right now this week could bode well for the next Fed meeting and the American public. So we had the GDP report for Q3, 2.6. That's not bad. No. After a lot of negativity in the first half of the year, right? Yeah. And then on top of that, if you look at the GDP price index, 4.1%, which is less than half what we saw in Q2. Mm-hmm. So it may be that we've seen the peak in inflation, 
things are softening just a bit, prices are coming down, and maybe we can have a serious conversation about the Fed pivot. I, I, a ped, Fed pivot? or I think more about a Fed stall out. This, the notion of a pivot to an ease, the moving of levers, um, we don't want that and I can't foresee it because, again, duration sensitivity would shoot the, the market value of some of these uh, more sensitive stocks back up and they don't want that either. That's part of financial tightening, right? They want the equity market to settle down. They really do. And so that sensitivity will remain. We'll see some of that probably more stagnant interest rate environment. That holding pattern will be difficult, especially for uh, technology companies. But what we still want or hope for is some strength and resilience in the broader market sectors where Americans are still living a fairly normal life. And, and that's some of those trades that I was mentioning earlier. So uh, what's the bond market telling you, Nicole? Mm, the bond market's very interesting uh, in that I believe that it has come to uh, close to a bottom. And uh, because of that, uh, you know, it's probably in my 20 years doing this, uh, the first time that clients aren't objecting to the same notion of why am I investing in bonds? They don't do anything for me. Nicole, given what's been going on market-wise, are you going to change the name of your company to the Wealth Protection Group? <laughs> I actually really like that one. Uh, you know, one of the things that I will say, you know, before we move on from fixed income is it, twofold. When we look at the equity markets right now, it, it's pretty clear that this isn't cash moving in from the sidelines. So when we're looking at daily volumes, what we're seeing is these trades out of technology, cyclical trades into the industrials. Um, and on the fixed income side, the reason why, because you can pick up the two-year treasury hovering around four to four and a half percent on any given day. And, and that that works well for people in this environment. Um, when it comes to reaching the bottom of the bond market, forward-looking, we think we're either in a holding pattern. We might even see an equity market rally if we only see 50 basis points in December, um, just simply on this notion of a, a pivot. And so for all of those reasons, uh, great time to be buying in, in the fixed income market. So Rish is in Hong Kong. He's going to ask you about opportunities where he happens to be. But I yeah. want to get to a lot of the volatility that we have seen and how that impacts investor psychology. You and I were talking during the break about the fact that so many people who are now participants in the market are unaccustomed, not really thinking about how to deal with this enormous volatility that we have seen, huge price swings. They're in for the long term. And yet that creates that volatility creates an emotional response. And sometimes they become reactive. Right. Absolutely. I think when I think about the world we live in today, which has been intensified by COVID. So many things move at a robotic tempo, not necessarily a human tempo. And, and so unjustly retail investors who are trying to do the right thing, participate in the equity markets, are being hurt by not fully being able to digest what all of this volatility means, but feeling like they're doing the wrong thing when they're not participating. It's a tough moment in time for them. And um, I, I actually have some empathy in that regard. Um, I, I'm now going to ask you about what's uh, going on in this part of the world. If you look at the Hong Kong market, the Hang Seng is at levels not seen since 2009, would you believe? And uh, on top of that, we got PE ratios of about five and a half to six, uh, six mm -hmm. or, or thereabouts. So tell me something. I mean, that would normally be a screaming buy, but it isn't for many. 
<laughs> yeah, it is a screaming buy. Uh, you know, if we track back the U.S. markets versus non, and, and you can go developed Europe, Asia, um, you know, these waves of outperformance are somewhat cyclical. I was saying that the abroad markets were a buy when they were trading at a 30% discount to the U.S. markets. Looking at them today, they, they look like an absolute buy. When we think about the heads of the economic table, um, there's certainly no reason to be so U.S.-centric or dominant. It, it really, though, comes down to anticipation of are you managing a PL for day-to-day returns or are you a long-term investor? Someone like myself certainly has an overweighting right now to the international landscape for money that I'm not going to touch for a long time. So generally speaking, if we were to tease out some themes here, are you avoiding technology? Are you looking at more economically sensitive areas of the market, mm-hmm. industrials, materials, that sort of thing? I I like to think about diversification across styles of investing. So when it comes to passive investing, the S&P gives you that predominant weighting towards technology. When it comes to your active and tactical components, I think that's where you get mindful about where am I making my purchases to round out that construction. And so taking a value cyclical industrial tilt, as we anticipate a slower growth environment, this paid to wait idea around dividend paying stocks, picking them up at attractive prices is great. And then when you think about that, that that tactical component of where are we in a global market cycle. Again, there's so much opportunity outside. And while we might not give back purchasing power, the U.S. dollar may stay strong for a bit. Um, On the far side of that, I think there is this resurgence of growth abroad. Nicole, thank you so much for for joining us today. It's Nicole Webb, a senior vice president and financial advisor at Wealth. Enhancement group, uh, enhancement group, uh, giving her take on what's going on market-wise. We've got a lot more, including a data check coming up. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar, and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com.